what is going on you guys and welcome back to the channel. Today's video, we're talking essentially about the topic of account prioritization. Which investment account in Canada should you prioritize first? I think this is a very, very timely video and hopefully you guys find it interesting because up until this point, it's been pretty widely accepted that priority number one is typically the TFSA. We then move to the RRSP once we are able to do that. Now, again, situationally, this may change, but just broadly speaking, TFSA, RSP, and then often we look to like non-registered accounts. Obviously, there are more accounts than this, but these are typically the main three that, you, that you're going to get. And hopefully you guys can see that on the, on the screen there. But with this announcement and the launch of the new FHSA, the first home savings account, first home savings account here, this actually throws a curveball in and a very good question people are getting is, should I prioritize this over the TFSA, over the RRSP? I think that this is extremely situational and there is no perfect blanket statement. If you talk to one person, they may do one thing and one person may do another thing. So what I'm gonna do in this video is actually break down four scenarios and you as the viewer can say, well, which one resonates with me? Which one do I fall into best? And I'll give the logic behind why I would prioritize each one in their specific order. If you guys enjoy, uh, give this video a thumbs up and I would appreciate it. Leave a comment down below. What are you personally prioritizing? Because like I said, we're going to get a mixed bag, but hopefully this logic does at least put you in the, you know, in, in the right direction. But the first kind of camp of people that I want to talk about is if you are somebody maybe young, maybe not necessarily young, but maybe you haven't purchased your first home yet or a home and on the horizon, you do have plans for a home purchase. Okay, so it's a goal of yours. It's an objective. Maybe not this year, maybe not next year, maybe not five years, but let's just say in at least 15 years because that's the timeline. But let's just say in the next decade or so, you know you want to buy a home here in Canada. Contrary to the typical flow, I would argue that the FHSA actually becomes the priority. And again, I've done videos on the FHSA if we haven't, um, if you're not too familiar with that in all honesty, but there's many reasons why I would actually say this account bumps up to the first priority. Number one, unlike the TFSA where, you know, when you turn 18 or when you turn 19, you automatically start accruing space. So if you're like an eligible Canadian, doesn't matter if you open the account or not, once you hit that certain age, the age of majority in your province, you're going to start accruing space and you could go backtrack and then, you know, plug a bunch of money in, you know, five years down the road. With the FHSA, you only start accruing space once you open the account. So we know there's that 40K you know, lifetime maximum. There's the 8K annual limit. Even for example, if I went today, like today I'm filming this and it's towards the end of the year. I think it's October now. Um, it is October now. So even if I opened the account and popped a little bit of money in, like I just activated the account. Well, I get $8,000 worth of contribution space this year the calendar year takes over in just a couple of months and I get an additional $8,000 worth of space. That's $16,000 worth of space. Whereas if I didn't open that account, I would not get that. I would just get the 8,000 when I opened it. So timeliness is a factor here. Of course, another big benefit with the FHSA is it's kind of like the RSP in the sense where when I put this $8,000 in or $16,000 or 5,000, whatever you can put into this account, you are getting a tax break today. So you're getting a tax deduction. You save on uh, in tax that you would have paid. That's extra money for you to invest. And then of course you can grow this kind of like uh, tax sheltered, et cetera, et cetera. When you go put it towards the purchase of your first home or down payment down the road, you can withdraw that tax free. 
So if you are somebody that knows this is a priority for me, for those two reasons, getting that account going and of course the tax deduction, I would say why not prioritize this prior to the TFSA? Now the TFSA does have a lot of benefits as well, which we'll talk about in the other options. It's extremely flexible. This is more kind of like earmarked for a down, you know, down payment or a purchase. Um, but TFSA is of course used with after-tax dollars, right? When we've already paid tax on the money that we're putting our TFSA here, we're doing, you know, we're getting that tax break. So this I would say is actually a very, very strong uh, consideration. FHSA, TFSA, and then let's just say RRSP. If you are somebody that knows you want to purchase a home here, and as well, just to note, like. This is assuming you're, you, you know, you're not going to like move out of the country sometime down the road. You qualify as a first time home buyer, a good one as well. Like if you haven't purchased a home in the past three years, et cetera, et cetera, I'll put the actual stats up there. But this is like, if you have finite plans of doing that, I actually think this is the play for this one. Again, you can feel free to agree or leave your comments down below. Number two, this is more so just like a little bonus one, but I do want to throw it in here. If your employer offers a match, okay. That's supposed to say employer match. So a lot of work companies, I wouldn't say a lot, but there are a number of companies out there where when you put money in from your paycheck, they'll actually match you. Like they'll do an RSP, a group plan or mutual funds is commonly how it is. Even though it's mutual funds and those get a bad rep, if this is the case and your employer does give that option and benefit, I would absolutely look to you know, maximize that match. To be clear here, I'm not saying go build up your independent RSP first, like in all cases, if you have a match, but just contribute the most that you can to maximize that match from your company, because that is essentially free money at the end of the day, right? So this is like, you know, typically what will happen is on your paycheck, you can put, you know, 500 bucks or 700 bucks or whatever, they're gonna match that. If they're able to do that, it's literally like 100% return right off the bat, even if it's in like a crappier product. Obviously we'd love to go buy ETFs and you know low cost index funds uh, for the most part. Many times you can't do that. You'll have like a higher fee, you know, actively managed fund uh, or like a group plan. That's okay. You know, one of the fun ways I, I heard about this number of years back was like, even if for example, you bought crappy mutual funds and yes, you're paying higher fees. Like let's say worst case scenario, those funds drop 50%. Like they just tank and they're just terrible products, which they probably wouldn't do anyways. The fact that you doubled your money to begin with, you put in 500, they gave you 500. You're still extremely winning at the end of the day. It's a better return than you'd probably get anywhere else. So what I'm saying is that if you do have the opportunity for an employer match, put just enough to max that out. And then I would go either into option one three or four, which we're going to talk about now. So this is kind of like a quick one. And then we go into which category you fall into after that one didn't feel like it made much sense. Number three, this is the high income earner. Okay. So let's just call yourself here. High income. When you are a high income earner, like let's assume you're somebody who's in the peak of your, uh, you know, career, right? Like you're in your peak earning years, you're earning a lot of money. Maybe you're just like a young person who's like killing it or crushing it. And you're making a ton and ton of money. Well, people in this situation, these are the ones that have the most to benefit from using these tax deductible accounts like the RSP and the FHSA. Again, the TFSA is great because it's tax free and everyone loves saying TFSA, TFSA first, but typically when you are in that high income bracket, actually prioritizing, I'm going to put here RRSP slash FHSA, assuming you qualify. I would actually see a case and I know the case where many people do this first and keep in mind, you know, with the FHSA, it's kind of somewhat of a loophole, but even if you don't actually plan to buy a home, like let's say you don't have plans to buy a home in the next, you know, 
future. Uh, maybe you want to be a lifelong renter. I don't know what it is, but you want to. You can still use the FHSA. You can still get that $8,000, you know, annual contribution. You can get that 40K of free room. You can let that grow tax sheltered over like 15 years. And of course, getting the tax break, which you get a big bang for your buck because you are in the high tax bracket up front. That's even more money for you, you know, to have and to deploy. Well, then what you can do is you can then just roll this over back into your RSP when the time comes, assuming you ended up just, you know, life played out and you never end up purchasing a home. This actually doesn't even take away from your RSP space. So it's not like eating into your space. That's actually additional RSP space. So it's kind of like a loophole or a bonus RSP room. Basically the concept behind this is like, you know, obviously, like I said, the TFSA is great, but these high income earners, they stand the most to benefit by using the RSP, right? If you're in that high tax bracket, you can contribute, you know, let's say the max your RSP every year, you're saving a big chunk. You can in theory take those tax savings and then trickle them over to the TFSA, right? Oftentimes you'll be able to do both, but it is, I would say actually quite fair that if you are high income, this makes the most sense. Number four to kind of cap this off, and this may be kind of like the most general of the, of the, of the group. I don't know what my future plans are, right? I'm not sure. Like maybe I want to buy a house. Maybe I want to go live abroad. Maybe I want to go back to school. I don't know. And you're just uncertain. Well, this one is pretty obvious. And this I think is like kind of like a default. Like this one is very clear. I want to purchase a home. This one's like, oh, I make a lot of money. This is like, uh, you know, I'm in that middle ground or I'm not entirely sure. I would say then it's not a bad idea to default to the TFSA simply because this provides you the most, most, most flexibility. If you may need to tap into this money and you may need to go, you know, move abroad for a couple years in your life or do whatever the case is, you can do that. You can withdraw this money, you'll get the space back. It's all good. With the FHSA, again, it's kind of more like earmarked for a specific purchase or slash retirement. Another thing too that may be fair to say is like, especially if you're younger and you're not earning a whole lot of money, like let's assume you're just kind of entering the workforce, your salary or earnings is just not that high. A lot of people would argue, oh, well, I'll go with the TFSA for now and kind of save those tax deductions where I'm gonna get the most bang for my buck for when I start earning more money in the future. And that would apply for both the RSP and the FHSA. So in that case, there are many reasons, like it's never, I would say it's never wrong to do the TFSA first, just to provide you with that peace of mind and that flexibility um, to see kind of where life pans out. But then I would go RSP, uh, FHSA slash RSP. These could be, you know, interchangeable, I would say. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you know, we get this question all the time. Once you do max out these, then you look to a non-registered account, which is a taxable account. I know a lot of people don't like those, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. It's just a normal taxable investing account. This looks extremely messy, but to summarize, and again, leave your thoughts down below to tell me if you guys agree or disagree. But if you're gonna purchase a home in the next little while, in the future, I like the idea of FHSA for the tax break, go for the TFSA, then you can look for your RSP. If you're anybody that has an employer match, prioritize that, get as much as you can, and then categorize yourself into one of these three options to then see what are the next logical steps. If you're a high income earner, this would put these tax deductible accounts right up at the top of your list to get the most bang for your buck. Then you can trickle over to the TFSA. And if you don't know, or you're not making all too much money, or you're just kind of young and uh, unsure, default to the TFSA. So kind of the traditional route, right? TFSA, RSP, FHSA, non-registered. I think at the end of the day, like I always say this, if you're doing any of these, like good for you, you are already winning compared to the masses who don't even invest and prioritize and educate themselves like this on the first place, right? You're already winning. Even if you're doing it in a slightly a wrong order, these are just ways of slightly optimizing it based on your personal situation. 
and saying, based on my circumstances and my life goals, what may be the best route for me? There was a really good conversation on Blossom. Like I did a poll on this just to kind of get, get a gauge and see what people were doing. And we got some really, really great insights over there from people sharing, which I hope you guys do down in the comment section below or go over to Blossom and check it out as well. But um, sharing what they're doing. And again, I don't think there's a wrong in this case. Everyone says, this is why I'm doing this for me. And as I'm reading through them, I'm like, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. Hopefully this provides you a little bit of clarity on which account to prioritize first. Uh, wish I could give you a blanket statement, but I just don't think that's the case. I think it is very situational. If you guys enjoyed, give this video a thumbs up. I appreciate you for watching all the way through. Let me know your thoughts down in the comment section below. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. And as always, I thank you guys for watching. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you in the next video.